0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Scale Up Africa's Ignite Insights. My name is Olivia. And I'm Amma, and we're going to be covering a whole lot in terms of corporate innovation, entrepreneurship, and engagement with our community of top African leaders and entrepreneurs and investors throughout the series. Absolutely. So tune in, subscribe, and follow us for the next couple of months when we share all this great insights with you. Hi, Adu. How are you? Thank you for joining us.
1: Hi, I'm uh, happy to be here.
0: Good, 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 good. We'll dive straight into your returnee your, your story. Tell us about your background and where you've come from to come back to Ghana to practice.
1: Okay, sure. Um, so I was born and grew up in East Africa. Um, I did my last two years of high school in Ghana before I went to the States for undergrad. Um, I split my undergrad between the States and and London. And then after that, I did law school in the UK before I finally came back home. Um, When I came back home and during this period, I worked with a couple different law firms during the summers and stuff like that. So I knew that I was going to, I knew what I was going to do. And it gave me a sense of the market and the sector and the clientele and what they were doing, what they needed. Um, And then that's when I kind of developed the concept of Valia and what Valia should be doing. The gap in the market, essentially.
0: Fantastic. So tell us a bit more about your services with Valia so people understand what it is you do.
1: Okay. So we focus on corporate governance, risk management and compliance from a regulatory perspective. Um, As a lawyer, we see that we see a lot of people out there doing business especially the younger SME companies who don't really understand or don't really pay heed to all the obligations and requirements around doing business that either protect them or regulate them. So we decided to develop something that um, assists clients to meet those requirements while they, so they can focus on their business, like transactions, generating revenue and growing. Um, So part of the reason why we do this is um, investment. If you have a strong business, a compliant business investment, minimize your risk for regulatory penalties um, and also just for internal issues arising over time. So we're very much risk management. We offer legal services to our retainer clients as well to make ourselves more of an in-house holistic type of space for them.
0: Great, great. So tell us a bit more about your, your work with the entrepreneurial ecosystem, because I know some of your clients and they're very happy with your service. Uh, but it will be great to understand how you've helped some of our tech companies in particular cross borders across the continent. So maybe you can speak to some of the ch- you know, challenges you've experienced, how some of the problems that you solved for them and how you would generally um, maybe advise SMEs to go about scaling uh, to other, other regions in the continent.
1: Okay, so most of my clients um, have two, are twofold. Um, some of them are scaling outside of Ghana because they've received investments. And so they set up an entity in the country of the investor. Um, so, the invest- so So it's easier for the investors to regulate them, to oversee and all of those things. And then also we have the customers who are scaling, who have just grown, who have naturally grown and are now looking for more tax-efficient options. So they're setting up entities in other jurisdictions and kind of like a head office, group structure, things like that. Um, so those are the two main ones. Um, the thing, kind of things we do for them is we'll help them with the research. We'll help them set up We'll coordinate with the lawyers on the other side on the ground. Um, a lot of the time there will be some cleanup work to do in Ghana, especially in relation to shareholding, material contracts, things like that. So we would help them to resolve those issues for easier transfer of ownership into a holding company that's being set up abroad and vice versa. So we basically do like an internal audit of everything that's going on in the local company in order to get a successful transaction into the foreign entity that is being created.
0: Okay, and what would your framework be for kind of um, improving access to legal and commercial support for SMEs? Because I know typically, you know, we can't afford you per hour, like most SMEs can't afford your typical hourly rate or retainer. So would you have any kind of frameworks or services, maybe programs that you run at to to make services like that more accessible to SMEs?
1: Okay, so when we first started, we ourselves were an SME. So we did understand the plight of SMEs. Mm-hmm. As such, we tried to find um, creative um, payment structures for our clients. So One of the things we do is we definitely offer an SME discount for clients who have been in existence for less than three years. Mm -hmm. Um, We also offer a milestone structure. If you have a long list of things you need to get done, then we're not going to ask you to pay a large lump sum up up at the beginning or up at the end. You can pay it in installments over time as we hit different milestones. So It helps you to budget and also to manage your funds better. Um, We also encourage clients, I especially encourage clients, to um, invest in research, right? So we put out a lot of materials on compliance regulations, new legislation that comes out that affects um, people in different sectors. Um, So we do encourage you to, like, seek those things out and then attend seminars and stuff. From time to time, we will hold seminars ourselves. Um, And then we also work with incubators. We work with a number of the incubators in Ghana offering our services and our education webinars and stuff to their trainees under their programs. So those are some of the things that we do to make ourselves more accessible mm-hmm. to small businesses in Ghana.
0: And what would you say to the big corporations that are, you know, don't quite understand what SMEs, especially in the tech sector, can offer them? you know, in terms of approaches to supporting SMEs? Have you, have you, with your work um, on the incubation side, have you worked with any big corporates to help them with their, you know, outreach to SMEs? Or no, banks we haven't or done
1: that in particular. The corporates that we have been working with are corporates that do have an understanding of the need to support SMEs and already have their own initiatives going on. So I can't say that I've converted anybody <laughs> to understand the plight of the SMEs and things, but... I do think it's something that is growing because the SME market in Ghana, especially in the tech space, I I feel like people see the value of tech, especially during this Corona's period where everything has just blossomed, you know, in the number of months. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a lot of value there that big corporations can, you know, get access to and see SMEs rather than CSR as maybe innovation and R&D. Um, yeah. And so you you mentioned uh, certain jurisdictions that were maybe more friendly to SMEs across the continent. Would you would you be able to maybe share what, what your observations have been in terms of different ecosystems and where some of your clients have been able to scale successfully and be more, um, you know, have have a better environment to operate from across the continent? What would your top okay. two or three jurisdictions look like, and you know what kind of because we're always looking at uh, how government government can maybe incorporate specific policy. So it's always great to compare you know, what other countries are doing and to make it more easy for SMEs to grow and operate.
1: Okay, so most of my clients, and I feel like I should say, most of my clients are scaling into Ghana. So they're all coming here. Very few of them are going out. Okay. Um, those that are going out are going to the States, um, mostly for financial reasons. And then we have others. There's another company that I'm helping to scale into Mauritius. Um, And again, that's mostly for tax benefit purposes and things like that. Um, In terms of jurisdiction, I think that it's harder to say when you are not necessarily on the ground working with it every day. It seems simple, especially the Mauritius example. Um, It seems very simple on paper, but then as you get there, you find out that there are lots of loopholes and things that are not clear especially with, return, with respect to, like, tax incentives and tax, task advantages and things like that. Um, so as we've been going on in the process, we find out that, wait, this is actually going to end up being slightly more expensive for us overall than we had anticipated. Oh, there's a, there's a small catch here and things like that. The so devil is in the detail. The devil is in the detail and okay. the devil is in the structure. So okay. you really do need to have somebody on the ground on the other side to help you find those loopholes and things so that you you understand what you're getting into and you don't just get a huge bill at the end of the year saying you owe this much in tax and costs and everything else. Mm-hmm.
0: And and do would you have any observations about where you've seen some of these policies work for the benefit of SMEs and not, not maybe have them get caught out from the the, the the small print?
1: Well, for the most part, we haven't been caught out yet because we've been very diligent and we've taken our time and we've asked a lot of questions before we finally made a move. Mm. So yeah, so we haven't had any bad experiences yet, but it is a little bit slower and you do need to take your time and read between the lines and definitely ask the questions.
0: Okay. So finally, Edu, what would your top top tips be for SMEs who are looking to scale their businesses from your kind of commercial and legal and regulatory point of view? What would your top three points be?
1: So from my experience dealing with SMEs in Ghana, I find that a lot of them tend to be averse to contracts, right? They're not not giving contracts the weight that they need to have. They're not entering into enough contracts. They're not protecting themselves with contracts and clauses and getting professional help to draft them. For instance, um, shareholders' agreements, Um, a lot of the companies don't have proper shareholders' agreements. They rely on what, on the documents they submit to the Register General's Department. But then what we see is a lot of the times when you have smaller organizations, you have the people who come in with a lot of time, and then you have the supporters who come in with a lot of money, Right. And then they have an idea, they work together and something grows and it's beautiful. And then after it becomes beautiful and it starts to reap a revenue, um, usually it's the people who have a lot of time. They're like, wait, I'm not being compensated adequately. And the people with a lot of money are saying, well, I just keep pumping money into this venture, right? Right. And so then the issues start to happen. But if you sit down and you start to anticipate how you want the company to run, what you want the company to look like at different stages, that you need to be appropriately remunerated, you know, things like that, you put it on paper, you discuss it, you agree, then small issues like that don't come up at a later point in time. So that's one of them. Make sure you have adequate agreements and make sure you have agreements that encompass as much as possible, especially if you're going into you're starting a business with a friend because your business is probably going to be more successful than you're anticipating in the early days. Early day struggles is struggles that everybody goes through. Right. And then another one is a budget for legal. A lot of companies do not have a budget for legal. So when they do need legal assistance, it's a surprise. It's an unanticipated expense, and it makes it more costly to them than it actually is. But if you create a budget for legal, even if you don't use it the first year, the first two years, let it accrue, right? And then when you are ready to scale, you will have something to go and hire the kind of help that you need to go and do those things. Um, a lot of my clients, uh, I met a lot of clients who early days, they would just send an in- intern to go on Google, get a draft contract, put things together. And these are perfectly functioning companies registered on the SEC, you know, conducting business, making lots of money. But they don't have the proper legal structures to back them up, especially if they're in the financial sector, which is a very strong consumer protection industry mm-hmm. in Ghana especially so I definitely encourage people to set a budget and to take their contracts seriously make sure you're covered as much as possible in terms of your legal agreements
0: great advice top tips thank you so much for joining (laughs) us and uh, we look forward to engaging further with you
1: thanks for having me
0: welcome see you soon